Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's right. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. It don't get no better than that, man. He's lined up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree, running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the end. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? We come to you after Missouri hosted the number one in the country, Georgia Bulldogs, and lost to them, ultimately, 26-22. to I didn't watch the game. Did we lose by 29 points? <laughs> well, I know that uh, that was the spread. <laughs> we were uh, supposed to lose by 29 no, Colin. Actually, so the unfathomable happened, and Missouri it was unfathomable. Missouri, I was without fathom. <laughs> Missouri led this game deep into the fourth quarter, as a matter of fact, and frankly, in the first half, dare I say, dominated Georgia. I was like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. I was, I was, I haven't enjoyed watching football that much, and honestly, I couldn't remember when. Because even uh, when you're winning games against cupcakes that you know you're going to just cock slap, it doesn't feel as good as roughing up the number one team in the country. And I, we got to halftime. I was like, is there any way this could happen? And I really didn't think there was. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew exactly how this was going to happen. You know, they'd make adjustments at halftime and they'd wear us down. And that's exactly what they did. They started running it right at us. They did a little, uh, I don't know, they were stretching a little bit or whatever. They they took advantage of Missouri's very aggressive defense and just started pounding the rock at us, and we couldn't handle it. And well, but it wasn't down. a situation where what I would have expected, and I think in these sorts of circumstances when a team who's heavily, heavily the underdog 
jumps to an early lead is right at the half is when things change. But that isn't how it happened. I mean, well, the third quarter. the reason that didn't happen and the reason it can't happen with Georgia is because they have a terrible quarterback. Stetson Bennett is a below average quarterback. At least he was that night. You know, everybody's like, woo, you know, Georgia's number one and man, Alabama and Ohio State. Like, I don't know. But that with Stetson Bennett, if that's who he is when he meets a real defense, like Georgia's got trouble with a capital trub. Well, and I think you're what you're alluding to is also that Missouri seems to have a real defense now. And well, and Stetson Bennett's completions only came when their line held up. I mean, right. he he threw some he made several completions in up over 300 yards, but most of those completions if you look at the game came after 3 or 4 full seconds of being able to survey the field anytime Mizzou wouldn't get home. But like, as you said, Mizzou got home a lot. Yeah. the uh, Particularly the defensive line looked good and kept Stetson Bennett running around all game long. They only had like two sacks on the night, but he got hit a lot. He was under a lot of pressure. He even said it in the post-game interviews, like, I'm hurting. Well, and I think... And not just hurting for a squirting. I mean, he was hurting. <laughs> he was hurting for both. But Kirby Smart said that they you know, got punched in the mouth. And, yeah. And the offensive line played reasonably well considering the opponent. I think they were getting a little too much... Love online because we still couldn't really move the ball on offense, but it was much improved. Well, I think we kind of need to back up a little bit further and just say, because we're getting into the meat and potatoes of what happened in this game. We never thought we'd even be discussing the meat and potatoes of this game. We thought we would be beaten by 29 points, and that was a realistic spread. Mm -hmm. The fact that Missouri was even in this game, nothing that we've seen of this team up until this point has indicated that we would have played as well as we did now, on Saturday. I mean, the defense has been better, and I think everybody can see that. Yeah. Um, God, what's his name? Carly? Carlisle? I don't I know I'm going to say it right. Yeah. He is incorrect. He has been legit all season. Yeah. And you talk about a guy showing up on the biggest stage. He was playing the fucking wood, and he got truck sticked a couple times, but he got truck sticked because he was sticking his nose in there. He was impressive. Hopper was impressive. McGuire was impressive. They played good defense. Abrams Drain, who got a couple of couple of penalties. Played well despite that. I mean, he was in the hip pocket of those players. They all, the defense as a unit played really well, and mm. you could see them getting wore down in the end of the game. But uh, Blake Baker has been a revelation, and I, for as hard as we have been on Drinkwitz, and Drinkwitz has deserved most all of it. He got it right this time, I think, with the defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, because he's got it wrong the last couple of times, and it's maybe an understated part of what a coach's job is, but. He's got to be the HR director. He's the guy doing the hiring. And when he makes a bad decision, see, you know, somebody like Steve Wilkes or very hired Dooley. And then it would just derail the offense. Like these coaches, it's so important that they find the right guy. And uh, to this point, Blake Baker looks like the right guy. Well, and the thing is that ultimately, I mean, it's Monday after the game. It's no surprise or spoiler that we lost in late in the fourth quarter. And the reasons we lost are the same that we've been complaining about all year long and the ones that have made us worried about this team. We can't move the ball. Uh, we have a middling at best quarterback. I'd say middling is a too strong an adjective to describe him. And the play calling has been suspect throughout the season. Yeah. And well, the, and the, the offensive line penalties killed us. They were brutal. Oh my gosh. And they, they couldn't have come at more. This opportunity times. Yeah. Are unbelievable. People talk about discipline when you talk about penalties because mm. what else is it, right? Yeah, sure. Good teams don't make these kinds of penalties. Missouri, when they found themselves in positions where they can make a huge impact on the season. Oh, Cody Schrader got his balls cut off by that. I mean, he got it to the one-yard line, and then immediately we get a penalty. Yeah. And kudos to Cody Schrader because we've been hard on him here, thinking that Pete should get more carries, and I still believe that. 
But Schrader, on the, when the lights were the brightest, had his best game as a Tiger, in my opinion. Oh, man. Um, yeah. You know, he had 89 yards on only six carries. <laughs> That's like a 14, <laughs> 14 yards per carry average or something. He's, and that huge run he had up the middle, Missouri really took advantage of how predictable our offense have been. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that, and they literally were illustrating it during the game, like, See, Georgia's looking for this because it's all Missouri does. You know, that's basically <laughs> what they're saying. But they did this this time. So it's hard to imagine Drinkowitz ran a criminally predictable offense for this many games just for the Georgia game. Right. But there were several times in that run, uh, Cody Schrader, they showed you like how hard the linebackers bit down just because they saw something that Missouri does literally all the time and they're ready for it. And it burned them. So, like, kudos to Drinkwitz for being so predictable. Yeah, we sure. could throw Georgia off their game. <laughs> well, yes, Mitchell Walters, particularly number seventy-five on the offensive line, he was <sighs> responsible for the most egregious of the penalties and the sure. egregiously timed penalties. There's a lot that can be. I mean, we have Mevis as he has sort of a redemption game. He, oh, yeah. It doesn't change we, the fact that the kid lost the Auburn game, yeah. but he kicked five well, I high you, pressure penalties. Kick- he's or, the thicker kicker when he's kicking. And hitting shots, and he's a big, fat, sloppy fuck when he's not. And you know what? He was only a sloppy fuck for one game, and he came right back to being the thicker kicker. Two kicks over 50 yards. Uh, yeah, five, 56 yarder was a bomb. Five out of five, I believe, mm-hmm. for the day. And we needed it so badly because we could not yeah. get it into the end zone. And that's something we have been so bad in this game was so out of left field that people really didn't talk about the fact that we've been egregious in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You know, when it is first and goal from the three, as it's been a couple of times now in key circumstances, obviously Auburn and then, you know, when – Cody Schrader goes down at the one. We can't get it in the fucking end zone. This could make me a crazy person, but I just I was so hoping that that Abraham would get a chance. I just wanted to see what this offense could do with somebody that could throw a forward pass because we were moving the ball. I mean, we were we we got five yards a clip on the ground, you know, and we could if we could just find anybody who was competent. And really, if you're gonna, I said it in, on Twitter, and I mean this. Cook needs if you're gonna run Cook out there, you got to run like that bootleg offense that Denver ran in the 90s with Jake Plummer. you got to constantly be moving the pocket. He really honestly looks like he throws better on the run than he does sitting in the pocket. In the pocket, he looks nervous. and He and, overthrows and, everybody. Yeah, he just – he's get him on the run, get him out of his own head. One of the best throws he made all night was he was running to the sideline and completed a big pass for a first down in the first half. And I was like, that's what they need to do. They need to go – full Jake the Snake Plumber with this kid, just constantly be bootlegging everything. And then also gives him an opportunity to run the ball more because when he's in the pocket, it is a, I mean, even that first touchdown pass. Well, kudos to the side end for catching that. I mean, he, (laughs) oh, he reached out there and it looked, ended up being a beautifully choreographed looking play, but that was a cunt hair from being an overthrow and a incompletion and us being very upset with Cook. Yeah. So, this is the kind of season that divides a fan base. I think a lot of people, you can take away that from this game, whatever you want to take away. You can say, I'm super proud of this team for sticking with, we can play with Georgia. We can play with anybody. And then you're not wrong for thinking that you can also be furious because we've had three games this year where we have lost in absolutely devastating fashion. And all three games we've lost in a very different way. I mean, it's it's almost creative in the different ways that we found to lose. I mean, the Kansas State was just a good old-fashioned ass-whipping blowout. The Auburn game was sort of the rip defeat from the jaws of victory, complete mm-hmm. gut punch. And this Georgia game was this new kind of loss where they play so well that the, you emotionally reinvest and are, get so excited about the unthinkable happening 
and then they just pull it away from you at the last second. Ultimately, I guess Chase Daniel was saved thousands of dollars in a bar tab from Harpo's. He, yeah, yeah. He, he'd made the proclamation before the game that well, should Missouri win. Made, was it? This guy could be wrong, but I want to say like a couple weeks ago, I saw he made forty-one million dollars as an NFL quarterback. Sure. He probably he probably swing a night at Harpo's. Yeah, well, so he promised two hours of bar tabs for anyone in Harpo's. Mm. I think the big cat from the bar stool, yeah, sports, network, whatever yeah, it, they do, wanted to tack on some money. I think John he ended up he ended up choking up two grand even yeah. after the loss. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that this game was a nationally relevant game. Mm-hmm. Missouri was in the national conversation it in the come year twenty twenty-two with the. Not only were that we had recruits there from for the football program, we had recruits there from the basketball program, yeah. and wow, the fans showed up. It looked like it looked like a real fucking college football game, Vernon. You know what I mean? It like, looked I was like on, a real program. It looked like a real fan. Base. I had an opportunity. I had a guy call me that day and say, "I have eight tickets, yeah, free. Do you want one?" <laughs> and I was like, "Eh, I, I don't. I don't need to go see Mizzou get beat by thirty-five points." I've seen Nick Chubb do just that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was there whenever. I know. Uh, I saw the game. Saw the Tennessee it, game last year. The game, the atmosphere. I was like, man, what a jackass I am for not taking that ticket. That looked you like just such never an environment. Know, right? uh, but it shows you what Mizzou's capable of if you win football games, if you play competitive football, if you're relevant on the college landscape. Despite what Rock M would tell you, one does not precede the other. You have to give the. But if you give Missouri fans the show me state, if you give them, if you show them something worth watching, they will show up. And they will get loud. And they'll be as good as any fan base in the country. Yes. They, they mentioned numerous times that the Georgia quarterback was having trouble yeah. play calling because of the noise. It's a raucous environment. When do you hear about Field being listed as, you know, a noise problem? You know, like yeah. it's not often, but it can happen. And it did happen Saturday. And the other thing is just that, Colin, you can see on Twitter, you can see on social media, everybody's watching this game. Georgia's the number one team in the country. They're in sure. trouble. And I think when they're in trouble in the first quarter, people are like, oh, that's interesting. They'll mm-hmm. write the ship. When it's halftime, they're like, oh, Georgia's having a little trouble with that Missouri. Barstool guys is like, I hate this fat kicker. I'm like, <laughs> I'll bet you do. Because yeah. he's about to cost you a lot of money. Now, when it's the third quarter ends and Missouri's still leading, everybody is watching yeah. this game. But people start to pucker a bit. Well, and I'll tell you, between the Auburn game and the crazy way we lost that week and the Georgia game and the crazy way we almost won this week but ultimately lost, I've had friends from way out of state who have no interest in Missouri text me after the game being like, oh, shit, Missouri, are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like, so if you don't think these have been devastating losses, you don't get calls from, you know, long-lost friends from across the country mm-hmm. when it's going great. But it well, we it was a we were on the national stage and 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 Missouri made, gained respect I think uh, as a major, program great showing great showing great showing by the fans great showing by the team it was wholly a positive uh, if we'd won that game it'd been insane but mm-hmm. you know I hate I hate the term moral victories but this is as close as you're going to get to a moral victory you took the number one team in the nation and you gave them all they wanted in prime time and you yeah. did it with a fan support that would rival any program but we did get tight in the end and, and we, we wore did. down and Drinkwitz, this game certainly turns down the heat on him but that last offensive series you talk about your butthole puckering going to three straight passes with a quarterback who cannot complete passes and a running game that has been effective yes all i mean night just long. three straight all passes night. and we weren't in a hurry that weren't close the clock w- wasn't winding down we, we didn't need four to minutes throw. left it was it was his, it was a Hot garbage, hobo come. Hot garbage, hobo come. Insert Mazodcast catchphrase here. Uh, it was, I was like, what was that? And then I was like, I hope we get the ball back. Holy shit. Like, I knew we weren't going to, though, because the way they were running the football and our defensive line, we were just gassed. Yeah. And I was like, drink. 
our offense hadn't been good in the second half. I wasn't like I was super optimistic that we were going to drive the you know 80 yards down to punch it in. But when you throw three straight passes like that with a bad quarterback and, and we don't get close. I, the, the result was the same every play. Overthrown, yeah. bad, just – I, I, I'll go back to it again. I I cannot believe, I cannot believe that this kid playing Brady Cook, this kid playing the way he plays, is somehow better than an inexperienced four star quarterback or Jack Abraham, who's got a million starts and is thirty four years old, or or even Macon. You know what I mean? Like I I bet Macon can overthrow people with the best of them. And yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna lean on Cook's legs being the reason you have him out there, I'll bet you. Let me watch Cook and Macon in a foot race. I'll bet you'll be you'll go. Why is Macon not playing? I don't. The personnel decisions still baffle me. It's I know I shouldn't get on them after taking uh, you know George to the wire, but I'm just it makes me go. What happens with a better quarterback? And it's not just the personnel decisions, Colin. It is the play calling. It is the three straight passes at the end of the game when we're running so well. And I hadn't had a problem with the play calling, honestly, ultimately, no, to that point. But what it tells me that, I mean, I guess two takeaways I have from this are that I do think as hard as we've been on Drinkwitz because he, like you said, deservedly so this season, he has built a team that is, is grow. I think it's a better team than last year. Sure. What crazy for me to say that. And when we just look terrible, but. But I think that the, the new talent that's coming in and maybe is a little too green this season is good. Obviously, these high, you know, five star wide receivers and stuff. But I think he can win here. But what I have also learned is that he's not the offensive, creative play no, calling guy that no. we kind of hoped. He can we're, we could win in spite of his play calling because of what he the other it. elements. But he threw in some Jesus. crazy reverses and all kinds of stuff in there that you. Teams like Georgia are just too smart, too fast to bite on. Well, wait, that's fast is a key component because one of Cook's major issues is everything develops slowly with him under center. Oh, yeah, he's he's not good. He's not good. He's we're gonna we're gonna struggle as long as he's our quarterback. And I nothing against the kid, but that's just the truth of it. We don't have a quarterback right now. And um, honestly, we're about one good offensive lineman away from having a pretty serviceable line. The defense, I knew the defense was gonna be fine. I mean, from the certain standpoint, like Bailey and Hopper. Uh, Hopper immediately was good, and you just knew he was. And they've served up the safety position, and I I always liked our corners. Jeff Coat and McGuire are both starting caliber SEC defensive ends. You know, I mean, they are not they're where they belong. Baker has an experienced defense to work with. Yeah, but it's definitely and he's got some talent on it for and he's sure, maximizing it for sure. But it's going to be hard. Like we got to talk about Lovett. He was the best wide receiver on the field. It wasn't close before he got hurt. Getting so open that even Brady Cook couldn't miss him. Um, <laughs> you know they and I, they did try to actively get Burden in the game. I think he had three catches, but for like sixteen yards or something. But he also had a big drop. Yeah, um, which is something that I've noticed about Burden is he's. He, I would like he's had some drops considering how many drops he has against how many opportunities he's had. His drop percentage is way too high. Yeah. Way too high. Now he's a freshman still, and I think we have set maybe some unreal expectations for that young man. But he's got to catch the fucking ball, especially when the lights are brightest. And, was, and especially when the ball's coming at you, the, if it's in, if it's near your hands, that's a lucky opportunity because <laughs> Cook doesn't always get it to <laughs> well, your hands. Well, that's right. He alligator-armed one, and I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you're a big physical athlete, you know? Like, you can't – don't be go – don't get soft on us. I also think – I don't want to – get soft against Georgia in prime time. Those are the times not to be soft. Like, you alligator arm against once Mississippi State at an 11 o'clock game, nobody's going to fucking notice, but – and I don't want to dwell on this because I think there's always these kind of moments in these kinds of games. But 
uh, Georgia, when they were going for it on fourth down, whenever they are at the goal line, when they ultimately scored the go-ahead touchdown, there was a very obvious false start penalty on Georgia that went uncalled, and it, it was all over social media yep. because – it was the kind of thing where it does look like there's home, you know, not home, home cooking, cooking, not home cooking because we were at home. But SEC, home SEC, cooking. you know, Georgia, don't want Georgia to lose to mm, Missouri. That ain't sure. part of the narrative, boys. Yep. You know, and it was a it was a key thing. And but it just uh, these kinds of things. Anytime there's a close game, you're going to find moments. There was like another that. one too. Oh God, I can't even remember which what what a play it was, but it, literally a huge, just a giant blatant hold. They um, our defensive uh, end was being held by the neck. Yeah, uh, from sacking uh, Stetson Bennett, and I'm like, how does that not get noticed? I mean, how is nobody throwing? The guy's literally getting—he's in a fucking headlock. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, well, what's going on? And you and, and people are right to be upset about it and frustrated by it. But at the same time, you just got to know a team like Missouri has to has to play better in spite of those types of calls because they're gonna happen. It's not like we can cry to any sort of governing body yeah. and get that fixed. We've it's just going to happen. Discuss there is no repercussions for NFL or or college. Referees, like just they, yeah. they, they have the only job on the. You, know, you and I both have jobs. Everyone listening to this probably has a job. We are beholden to someone. We are can get in trouble. Uh, officials do not enjoy this same. They, they are the only people that can be wrong constantly and make huge mistakes and just pay no consequences for them. Uh, I think I have proposed before that each time a uh, large, you know, like game deciding sort of play is missed by an official, they should be, you know, you lose a digit. Yeah, I feel like that would make. Because they get twenty digits, most of them to, right out of yeah, the gate. Yeah, I mean, actually, like you, you know, you start looking at these refs and they're missing a couple of, you know, if you already lost all your toes and you're starting to lose fingers at this point, you know, mm-hmm. like that guy's got to get fired. Well, and it's like if, if you're down to three fingers, mm-hmm. I want some garden loppers just, whack, the, you know, it, it incentivizes your, you to retire. Yeah, and also and do a good job. Yeah, and it's also kind of its own. There's some stakes. It's also kind of its own Yelp review. Yeah, when you're exactly. playing against that official, you're like, hey. Got to watch this guy today. Yeah, I just want to. I want there to be like some sort of governing body. We sweet it with somebody like like Macho Man Randy Savage, mm-hmm. um, R.I.P. Rest in Rest in Power King. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he just comes out with a couple of garden shears, garden loppers, and yeah. just that right after the play's over, they miss something, huge hold, or that yeah. all, or just what the most egregious ones, the drop or catch and that kind of thing, fumble, and just lops off a finger right in front of the crowd. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. And you just see a guy who's wearing his wedding ring on his big toe, and you know he's, he's not a good not a good official. You no. Know? no, that's right. So, But, but that's not happening anytime no, soon. And so, no, um, you know, ultimately Georgia did score the go-ahead touchdown. And then we, um, as we talked about earlier, the three and out that was just yeah. – Deflating but predictable, and you know, fans should should hang their hats on the defense. Though they forced, they forced. I don't know how many fumbles they recovered. Two of them, they were hitting. I I also think that uh, you know Auburn gave LSU everything they wanted this weekend, Mm. and so we've looked better ultimately against our two SEC opponents this year than we have against non-conference opponents, uh, which I guess you can take. uh, Some solace in, and it also makes you say like, what's going on in the SEC because. I think after the Auburn game, people looked at it as a fluke. People looked at Auburn as a bad team. But after this game, I think Florida's looking at us now and like, well, maybe we ought to watch a little film. Yeah, better not sleep on Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, then they're going to watch that film and be like, well, we're going to have to really get creative on offense. 
But uh, on defense, they've if they run uh, number twelve out there, we should be fine. Yeah, let's make sure they pass it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's stack the box. Let uh, that's exactly what I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd say stack it and make that kid beat us with his arm. Force Brady Cook to throw yeah, the ball because that guy's got a Nerf gun uh, and not a particularly accurate one. And the accuracy is the problem. Oh. And I think that, like I said, the speed in which the plays develop. Well, he's under slow. Him. He's got a slow windup too. If he's going to throw over thirty yards, you know, twenty thirty yards, he's. He's cocking it. You know, that's one of the things that you knew Drew Locke had arm talent is a 40-yard a throw was a flick of the wrist. Yeah. And there's a difference between a guy flicking his wrist and a guy having to wind up. You know, it's impressive if you can throw the ball 60 yards. It doesn't matter how you get it there. But the guys who are really impressive are the guys who look the same throwing for 10 yards or 60 yards. Their delivery yeah. doesn't change, just the trajectory of their arm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll admit this. I, you know, I didn't think this was possible. I didn't think this game. Nor did I. We saw was possible. I think people get, you know, the, the fan base when we're losing so much, they go at each other. They mistake us. When we are upset about this game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that we were mad at the team. It just means that they found a way to get us to emotionally invest in a game we did not expect to have any emotions towards. Yeah. And then they ripped our guts out like they tend to do. And it's sympathies sad. to uh, all Mizzou fans who were stuck at weddings yeah. on the Saturday night when this was happening. It's a pan- It's an epidemic of its own that people are having weddings in the fall oh, like this. Oh, my God. It's re- it, and it's, it seems like girls' favorite time to have weddings. And I feel like it's girls just being like, hey, when would guys least like to have the wedding? When would it be the most inconvenient for them? You know, it's almost like it's on purpose. It would like, definitely. Oh, he's he's having way too much fun on Saturdays. We're going to have to, oh, we're definitely going to steal one of those for our wedding. It, it's definitely never going away. I mean, it's it's 75 degrees outside. There's and, a value to women and how much it hurts you. you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Like that's, they, we, I want him to have to sacrifice his football Saturday for our wedding. It's important mm-hmm. to me that he's giving something up. Now, why they feel this way. Cannot say. Yeah. Do not know why our suffering in some way makes them feel like we love them more. I think there's a part of them that knows that their husband would rather be watching (laughs) watching football than being married than being at the wedding. (laughs) Sure. Or just getting married in general. Yeah. And and they'd like to to reel that in a little bit. And and so when you can require them to have to be at a wedding instead of at a at a football game, yeah, it's the pain that they love. Well, and it tells them. It's like, well, he must love me more than football. Exactly. Because he he's needs here. that sacrifice. They need to feel mm-hmm. that. That They need to see the the tears in the corners of your eyes to feel loved. Now, reversal, Colin, if your wife said, I'm going out with the girls, I'm going to be gone all weekend. Mm-hmm. Do you react by saying, I'd really like you to be home. We, I, I've got like, we want to go apple picking. I'd, I'd say have fun. And then uh, when she leaves, I do backflips in my living room. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just... I just, it's an epidemic. I feel like we should. Uh, I'm glad we're bringing it up to, at the podcast. I feel like it's important. Yeah, uh, that we that we talk about the scourge. Well, and I think it's for younger guys who are in these. You know, it's. I feel like when you hit your 20s, you're just at weddings all the time. Right? Oh, like, you're going to miss a lot of football games. It's not right. A lot of important. Well, frankly, a lot of games that are going to be more important and more memorable. And last longer in your mind than the marriages <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, of these weddings you're attending, you're right? Sure. Like uh, a lot of these weddings, a lot of these marriages, they're going to fail. You know, yeah. They're just not. Half gonna, of them by the is the numbers are to be believed. Yeah. And you can probably know when you go to the sure. wedding in advance sure. if it's going to I've literally fail. told my wife that and she's never been so mad at me. And so I told her one time one of her friends was getting married. I said, we'll go to her next one. Mm-hmm. I promise we will go to the next one. And I ended up going to that wedding. Yeah. So it, it, your prediction came true. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were divorced in a year and a half. And uh, I... Uh, didn't go to her next one, right. thank Christ, but, but only because they got married on some beach somewhere. But um, yeah, we, we all know the scourge of 
Saturday fall weddings. And, yeah. Uh, I feel like there ought to be a PSA about it at some point. Maybe we'll make one. We, we will do that for, for our male listeners. We owe it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we did uh, the PSA on small pickle syndrome. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a it's it, an epidemic, really. It's a scourge. At least in my house. All right. I think <laughs> we've covered the, the Georgia game, uh, which started out covering the Georgia game. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to talk about. It, it, change, it does change, even though it was a loss. Mm-hmm. I think it changes the way we look at this team a little bit. Well, like I said it on, on Twitter. This defense shows up. we got a puncher's chance in any game we're at. Yeah. And we didn't think we had a chance. I mean, we were looking at a two and ten season. Yeah, we were literally like, oh, it's going to be four games. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we didn't. It was like Vanderbilt's better than us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't think Vanderbilt can do to Georgia what we did to Georgia. So I, that changes my mind. I think it's – I think part of the reason people are optimistic, or at least the reason I'm optimistic, is it – I think it helps these kids believe. Yeah. You know, like we just did that against number one. You mentioned the recruits in town. Yeah, and it's just we did this against number one. There's no reason we can't go punch Florida in the mouth, or especially mm-hmm. somebody like Vanderbilt. Like, it's not we saying we this. will. We could no, also get blown out. But with they this know team. what they're capable of now. It's not just a pipe dream, you know. Because yeah. I think something that you know this Georgia game's big, and they build it up all week. And what can be damning for these kids' confidence is, is you t- all week you amp yourself up like I'm going to give them all. I'm going to give them all they want. We're going to do this, guys. We're going to really. And then you just get beat by 40 points. You're like, oh, it was all just smoke and mirrors and bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, we are this good. We are good enough. Like, we just got to put it together. We got to execute. You don't take that lead deep into the fourth quarter without there being some reality to it. Yeah, they execute. It's not just all fluky turnovers and, and bad They penalties. won in the trenches against Georgia. Yeah. For most of that game. Yeah. Three quarters of that game, they owned the fucking line of scrimmage. And that is something. And on that note. This is the Mazat Guest. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. Colin, we are back. You've heard us blather on about what we thought about this game, but let's hear what the fans had to say. It's time to open the Mazzotcast mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. I'll remind the listeners that these calls come in chronologically. I will say this, Colin. I noticed that when Missouri took the early lead and when we held the lead deep into the game, we weren't getting a lot of voicemails. And then as we sort of let that lead slip away yeah, and lost, yeah. the calls started pouring in. And I don't know what that says about us, our fan base, our listener base. But when we things are going great, we don't hear much from them. But when things are going south, that's when we probably got more of those calls. Let's just put it yeah, that sure, way. Sure. All right, first one. Hey guys, Bobby Petrino fan club president here. If anyone is like, uh, deliberately wondering why Mizzou, why are we so ass? You know, why is Mizzou so bad? We have all this talent on offense, um, and the rest of the team and we're just ass. It's because 
uh, our defense just forced two straight stops and got a fumble versus the number one team in the country. And then Brady Cook and Eli Drinkwitz both put on a fucking horrible fucking showing on offense where they forget how to move the ball three yards down the field. And Drinkwitz thinks it's okay to run screenplays and jet sweeps every fucking play and throw the ball three yards down the field on third and ten. Great job, buddy. Great fucking offense we got here in Como. Eli Drinkwitz there, baby. Woo! So, I feel like that's a little harsh. Well, so this is even a negative call while we're leading the number one team. Yeah. Well, shite bags, it's Kevin from Kirkwood. I decided after last week that I would uh, do some more hockey refereeing instead of watching the zoo after, well, the absolute fucking horrible performance. So I decided to go all the way out to deep southern Illinois to do a game. I come out. I check my phone because it's in a cellular dead zone. We're winning 3 nothing. I turn on the radio. I hear we're winning 10 nothing. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, and then uh, it was 13 nothing, I think. And then, yeah, it was a head-scratcher. Hey, this is Darnell in Athens, Georgia. I'm sure we're all wondering, is Mizzou good? And they just, like, shat the bed until this moment? Or are the dogs suddenly bad? I don't know. I I know the latter is definitely true. We suddenly are freaking awful. It's really, really bad. All of a sudden, uh, we were, like, killing it. Like, on top of the world, the absolute best team in the history of college football after three weeks. Um, now we, uh, you know, we'll be lucky if you, we can win this game and then go on to beat Vanderbilt. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. It might be, and uh, go down. Well, I mean, it's a head scratcher for everybody. I don't. No one predicted this, and it it does. I mean, that's the question mark we have at this point. It's like, does everything we've seen out of Georgia that didn't show up on Saturday is that all? You know, (laughs) Georgia looked like the best team in the country, and Missouri looked like one of the worst teams in the country, and all of that was thrown out the window on Saturday. So, is Georgia overrated, or is Missouri underrated, or is it some combination of both? I guess the rest. Well, I think I think you. Georgia's got the same problem as has got. They don't have a quarterback. Well, and I think their line was getting blown up. And so mm-hmm. when you lose on the line of scrimmage, you see mediocrity. And even a team like Georgia saw mediocrity when they were losing in the trenches. Mizzou is up 16 to 6 at halftime. And the only thing in my mind right now is what ways can Mizzou fucking find to pull another fucking heartbreaking loss out of their ass? That's all I'm thinking about right now. And no question, I'm ready to get hurt again. God damn it. I think we all did in some way. I just, mm-hmm. I, at least I certainly did. I, did or I just knew our offense wasn't going to be able to keep up. If Georgia figured it out, we were fucked. Yeah, because we can't score points. The fact that we got the points we had was basically off a kicker's leg and some, honestly, I don't want to say fluky, but some some plays that you can't expect to happen more than once in a game. Right. You know what I mean? Cody Schrader ain't breaking off another 60-plus yard run up the gut into the teeth of Georgia's that ain't happening again. So, and that's why it's so devastating when you don't cash in on that. That's only going to happen once against Georgia. What is going on up here? Hey guys, it's halftime right now. I just want to say that was fun, but I do know that we are going to lose MIZ. Those guys were all right. And, you know, you can call them pessimists, but we all kind of thought it would happen, but they, they just, it dragged out so long. That when we you hit the fourth quarter, I just, I, like I said, I, Certainly wouldn't have bet anything that we win, but I just there was part of me that thought, man, yeah. this is going to be cra- if we well, win, this is going to be 
Columbia is going to explode. We had a lead and we kept holding them to field goals. And it's like, man, if we can keep Georgia out of the end zone, which is crazy to say, keep the number one team in the country out of the end zone. We've got a good kicker, you know, so we don't have to have the best offense if it's just a matter of matching them field goal for field goal because we did start the half with a 10-point lead. There was part of me that let myself daydream for a moment yeah. about what it might. This That's why this was a new kind of way to rip our hearts out. And they, mm. they're just like picking and choosing all the ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver Sadwell would have been quite sad if were he in the stands for this game. What's up, fellas? Sad Mizzou fan here. I'm about tired of hearing the whole Brady Cook is a hometown kid bullshit. The whole fucking broadcast was giving him the old Deshaun Watson herky-jerky special talking about him being a homegrown kid. Dude uh-huh. couldn't fucking hit the broad side of a barn all game. It's just disappointing and disheartening at this point. Dude is fucking hot garbage. <laughs> M-I-Z, baby. G-O-U. We're about to lose to Georgia. I hate being a Mizzou fan so damn much. We always come so close, and then we just screw it up because we have no quarterback and we have no offensive line every damn time. Garbage. I'm okay with this game. I mean, I, I don't see why how you can't be. I mean, Brady Cook's a problem, that's for sure. But it's really what you would expect it against um, Kansas State. You know, we said Kansas State hurt because we got housed. But, you know, if you play a competitive game like this, your defense plays this well, you know, you rush the ball relatively well, it's a lot easier. Honestly, at least for me, it's a lot easier pill to swallow. Yeah. I, I think the kind of experience of, of – different ways to lose this year we're going to have felt it all because sometimes you're like which is worse is it worse to get blown out and and embarrassed or is it worse to have your heart ripped out at the end because you played so well you know and both aren't fun but which is worse well we get to experience all kinds of ways this is this this is this is not as bad as kansas state not even close for (laughs) at least for me like i'm you know i'm not happy we lost but i'm i like i said much easier pill to swallow than the Kansas State game was like trying to swallow a, a leper's load. Okay. Uh, to me, Auburn was the leper load. <laughs> hey, you know, it's October. We put up our Halloween decorations. Damn it. Y'all gave us a good scare tonight. Oh, my gosh. I haven't been more scared in the month of October since I was like six years old. This is insane. Oh, by the way, this is Darnell and Athens. I'm a dog fan, but, man, dude, I got to pay respect to what the hell y'all did tonight. I feel like maybe Drinkowitz is doing this thing where he plays like garbage because he's 100% focused on beating the team he needs to beat in order to keep his job, and that was tonight. Playing us this close, I still bought him at least another year. Like, he's, no, he's not, not going, going to anywhere. get fired between now and this time next year regardless of whether or not he loses to FCS teams, because look what look at what he did. Like, I've got to change my shorts. Hey, man, just got to pay respects to the job that he did today, man. The, this, this was nothing that I expected. Anyways, I got to keep it short. Hey, MIZ. Good call. Georgia fan. I think right now, Drinkwitz, uh, you know, the recruit is going to get him at least another year. Drinkwitz is going to rise and fall with the quarterback. He's run out Basilak all season last season. Garbage. He's run out Cook this year. Garbage. Sam Horn needs to be good, or somebody does, because you can collect all the talent you want. If you don't get a quarterback, you're going to lose football games. I already know all the voicemails are going to be a bunch of defeatist losers and pussies going, oh, well, we held our own against the number one team in the league. Fuck that. (laughs) We lost because Eli Drinkwitz 
is a nutless pussy who calls plays that operate 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And you can sit there and say, oh, but he has a bad quarterback. He has a bad quarterback. It's his fucking quarterback. He could have recruited a better quarterback. This is his team. This is year three. This is his team at this point. And he blew the game because he just calls all this cutesy horse shit thinking it's going to work. He called a double reverse three times, and it didn't work any of the times. Why would you keep calling that? North and south, not east and west. And that's what lost us the game. The team is talented enough to go toe-to-toe with the number one team in the nation, who we just have a piece of shit coach who can't call plays. Well, the problem with that is the only reason you have the talent to go up with them is because of Drinkwitz. But I, I, I know, I get this sentiment. I do. I know Twink Caleb feels this way about Drinkwitz. I'm I'm not ready to to cut bait with Drinkwitz yet. I'm just not. I haven't been. I've been holding on by a thread. Uh, the recruiting is special, and I haven't really seen him with a quarterback yet. Yeah, you know, I haven't even though that is his own doing. No, absolutely. The caller's correct. I mean, it's his quarterback that's doing it. But I would like to see a Drinkwitz offense. Not that Drinkwitz's offenses are creative or great anything, but I just like to see what the Mizzou offense in general could be if we're not playing with one hand behind our back. Yeah. Because for the last two seasons. We have been. In the last eight seasons, I feel like one unit has been okay or good or acceptable, and another unit has been disastrous. It seems like in the Barry Odom era and in the Drinkwitz era, we've always had one unit that just has been unrecruited or is completely in disarray. We've had like the worst defense twice in the last year mm-hmm. in, in division one football yep. and then we'll have a terrible offenses, which is where we are right now. And we're coming we're also coming off a long stretch. Prior to like the Kelly Bryant era, I think Drew Locke was the end of it, yep. where we always had a quarterback waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. And we've just gone a significant stretch now post Drew Locke where we, we don't have somebody we can trust under center. Yep. God, we Horn, please play soon and please be what we hope. Oh, my God. Did you guys hear? We almost, almost <laughs> beat the number one team in the country. Like, sure, we led the entire game and then our players – buttholes got super puckered at the very end and we didn't win it but like we tried our best and we gave it our all and drink he's the best for leading our boys to almost and i mean almost beating the number one team in the country which we could have done if we had not had puckered buttholes but we had puckered buttholes and we couldn't win i like the word puckered butthole hobocom hobocom yeah, it wasn't just puckered buttholes though. It was exhaustion. I think certainly on yeah, the defense. Yeah, I think front. more than that. I I don't th- I didn't see the team or the players getting puckered buttholes. I saw. I mean, I feel like the play calling was that with Coach Drinkwitz. I, I think that Brady Cook. I don't know if you could say Brady Cook's throws at the end of that possession were puck result of a that puckered just, butthole. That's just him throwing football. Just bad at bad football. But I I feel like the the team the players themselves fought for the entire game. And they didn't the bright lights didn't get too bright for them. They just yeah. got wore down because. Our offense can't sustain a drive long enough for the defense to catch its wind. It's just yeah, the same. But the play calling at the end was definitely a product of the lights suddenly got very, very bright. Yeah. The things that have been a problem for us, play calling and quarterback play, continue to be a problem. But the good takeaway is that the things that have been good looked extraordinarily good on Saturday. I really hope the Mizzou defense doesn't disappoint me in the weeks to come because I have they have raised the bar of expectations in my mind, quite a bit. My body survives, but my soul is dead inside. Yeah, that's just called being a Mizzou fan. Yep. This team makes me want to go to counseling. <laughs> in my Jesus saves his, what is his toughest trials for his 
his most uh, hardened soldiers or some contrived horse shit like that, guys. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, or he doesn't close a door without opening a window or does it gives you a weight that you are too heavy for you to bear. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mysterious ways and whatnot. I don't know what to think after that. I mean, for once in my life, Mizzou is lost and I'm content, I guess, with it. Mostly because we were never expected to even be fucking remotely competitive in that game. Not for a second. Not for a second. And again, I'm not going to cast aspersions, but I don't know why Tower Makin's net plan. I'm not going to cast aspersions, but still. I don't know. He doesn't know. No, we don't. None of us know. I do think at this point, Colin, especially one downside about this game is that any chance we thought we might have of Drinkwitz saying, well, let's try somebody else at quarterback. Cook's not working out. I think Drinkwitz looks at it and says, hey, we almost beat the number one team in the country. I'd be crazy to go back them. You know what I mean? I do think these coaches, they get irrational to the point where like, if I change horses now, and especially if it works, if I do what the fans are screaming for me to do and it works, then I look stupid for having lost us those games early. And so they get really stubborn in a way that's not helpful. And uh, I think being competitive in the game isn't helping Cook go anywhere. Short of an injury to Cook, I mean, I think he's your quarterback. I just can't imagine Drinkowitz doing what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, what kind of hot dog water, hobo cum bullshit call is that? Hot dog water. Hobo cum. Three minutes or four minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and you fucking punt. Absolute fucking coward move. Drinkwitz making fucking four million dollars, and he does that bullshit call. You know the defense is gassed, and you can't fucking go out there and try and go for it. Bullshit. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, what's he going to do? Throw on fourth down? And then... You know what I mean? I don't know. This wasn't the punt that was bothersome to me. Yeah, I saw a lot of people online really aggravated by the punt. And I can understand the sort of like, well, you know, I get it. But I was like, how are we going to stop them? How, how do you expect us to convert? Did you just watch the last three passes? I yeah. mean, it just, I think, especially the way the defense had been playing. I mean, obviously they were gassed, but there's playmakers on that side of the ball. I could understand like punting it away and hoping against hope that, you know, Abrams drain comes up with an interception or, Hopper forces a, a fumble or Jeff Coat gets a, a, a strip sack, you know, something like that. I, to me, those, the options, the chances of that happening are better than Brady Cook. Converting on fourth and 10. Yeah. Leading us down the field and converting to fourth and 10, you know, doing these things. It just, I, I have a lot more trust in Hopper than I do Cook, you know. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? Well, I don't really have many complaints about the game, I don't think, except. Those three fucking packing plays at the end of the game, like, <laughs> like I said, I can't complain. I figured they'd get fucking blown out. I told all the guys at my bachelor party to fucking take Georgia to cover, and I put my fucking lock of the week seal of approval on it, and it didn't happen, so I don't know. It is what it is. Whatever. Have a cold one on me, gentlemen. Have a wonderful evening. M-I-Z. Well, I have a cold one, but uh, I don't remember Phil paying for it. Well, and um, I don't understand why we weren't invited to Phil's uh, bachelor party. Personally, I uh, a little offended. I am, uh, yeah, I'm hurt. Honestly, frankly, I'm I'm in my feelings about it. That would imply that a woman has complaining to. <laughs> well, Brandon, why would you assume her gender, you monster? Well, I guess I shouldn't assume the gender. <laughs> I just assume a human being <laughs> chosen up. You said woman. 
I know, but You're I'm part I'm, of the problem. I'm backing off of that now. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank and you. And saying that a human being of any stripe <laughs> choosing to race, have, color, or creed choosing to have sexual intercourse with Superfan Phil seems dangerous. Well, but sometimes that makes for the best lovemaking. Sure. Well, it also a seems touch as of danger. unlikely as Missouri taking Georgia deep into the fourth <laughs> quarter. So crazier things have happened. Sure. Hey, guys. It's uh, Tucson 87 down here in good old Fort Long Beach, Florida. Uh, just finishing up watching that game. There's no shame in that game. There is no shame for the Missouri Tigers. I don't care what anybody says. That was, there's no shame in that game. <laughs> God damn it, boys. God fucking damn it. Close the fucking game out, boys. Close the fucking game out, MIZ. <laughs> Came with his own soundtrack. All right. Um, game is over, and I thought I'd wait a few minutes before calling in, but I said, fuck it. I'm just going to call in anyway and let my anger spew. Spray it all over us. Yeah. You're Those cut guys off, over at Rock M. Shoot it all over me. And they're water-carrying pieces of shit talking about moral victories can go fuck themselves. Moral victories? No, this is year three. Year three, and Mizzou is still fucking Mizzouing games away. Because that's what it is. And we don't have a fucking quarterback that can throw more than 10 yards down the goddamn field, which is hobo-cum-fucking-hot-garbage. Hobo-cum. 10 yards down the field. He can't even fucking run. And he can't even throw. Why the fuck is he still in the game? Every time I try and get out, they pull me back in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sucks we lost, but honestly, I feel a hell of a lot better about the the question mark games that are coming up the rest of this month and the rest of the season after that than I guess than I did before. Like, this is a team that can win some goddamn games. We we may have out on on drink a little too fast. Like, we can still do some shit. Like, yes, Brady Cook probably needs to not be the guy, but goddamn it, that defense though. How about the thicker kicker? Goddamn it. Getting some national fucking pub. Also, shout out Barstool Big Cat for buying two grand worth of drinks at Harvest tonight off his bed with Chase Daniel. Alright, have a good one, guys. M-I-Z. You know, for all of his faults as a coach, Barry Odom always had at least a semi-respectful quarterback. Like, is that really that fucking hard drink? Like, this train out fucking bullshit? I think inheriting Drew Locke was helpful in that yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know, it's about 45 minutes after we just lost the number one team in the nation. I got to say, man, the way we play tonight, I still believe in Drinkwitz. And it feels like he's building something here. We're still a young team. If we can get QB right, we're going to be dangerous. As always, M-I-Z. That's a big if. But, you know, hopefully Sam Horn. I mean, he's a four-star recruit. He's a f- and If he plays to his star level. We should be better. And presumably, you know, Grinquist did recruit him at some point in the, you know, he will want to play him, put him on the field. Yeah. It will behoove him to play the guy he recruited. Yeah. I do think it's worth noting. I don't think we talked about it. Uh, Luther Burden, this was his fifth game that he performed in. And so he will not be redshirting for any question marks anybody mm. might have had about that. He's he's here for four years. Oh, I'm sure part of getting him here was a promise of starting 
every game right out of the shoe. Well, if ha- he's half the player we think he is, then uh, we couldn't expect four years out of him anyway, much less five. Imagine if we had an offense. Wow. We should maybe like have not hired an offensive genius coach who doesn't know offense. You know, maybe we're partly to blame for this, Brendan, because we've been so hard on Drinkwitz, and and rightly so. He deserves criticism, but after taking George of the Wire, it's hard to. I mean, and he did have those that fucking play call at the end of the game, but yeah, it's on him. I like I said, I I'm just not ready to cut bait. I guess I'm just not where these guys are at yet. But you know, they probably listen to me scream and holler and motherfuck. But but I let new information change my opinion from week to week. As like Thicker Kicker is a good example of that. Last week, I told you what he was last week, <laughs> and uh, he's not that this week. People can change. People, people can, can change, change Brennan. Yeah, I used to be a piece of shit. But you're not a piece of shit anymore? No, people can change. White suits. Slick back hair, sloppy steaks. Yeah, people can change. People can change. Um, He's just slopping them up. Are you afraid that my babies won't think that people can change? change? Yeah. (laughs) This guy used to be a piece of shit. You didn't tell me your grandpa used to be a piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, I think- think If you know what that's a reference to, God love you. So two things can be true at once. You know, he can- Totally fuck the pooch mm-hmm. on that final drive, and he can also be the guy responsible for getting us into the position where we could have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's been about – it's my first time calling. It's been about an hour since the game, and I've just been thinking about how if we had a fucking quarterback, we would have won that game. That was actually one of the most depressing games I've watched in the league stand. We had it for 55 fucking minutes, and then the last five minutes, Jesus Christ, that was awful. <laughs> Look, I'm really not that mad about this game. We were there. We were right there, man. We had a chance to win it, and we didn't do it. It might be just sad. Good night. God, that was the saddest good night I've ever heard, ever. I'm adding it to the list of sad (laughs) MIZs that we got this year. That was sad. We got a bucket full of sad MIZs. Good morning, Mazodcast. It's 523 on uh, Sunday morning. Thoughts following the game. Number one, the defense, incredible, phenomenal. Mevis, you redeemed yourself, son. Good job. And the fan base, holy shit, I was there last night, and it was electric. I mean, everything about it, The you know, everybody stayed. I mean, it was just a phenomenal atmosphere. So, you know, I went toe-to-toe with the number one team in the country. That was phenomenal. Gave some good hope towards the future and uh, something to build on. Hang in there, boys. M-I-Z. I like that optimism. Yeah. And it is true. I mean, I was sitting there. We Things were going south. Georgia scored their first touchdown. Obviously, the momentum had started to change. And I was like, turned to my wife, and I was like, you know what? I never expected to be sitting watching this game at this point. I expected it to be, you know, down by 30 and just like, eh, whatever. What else is on? Yeah. Um, so, it wasn't as bad as us. Oh, it was as much state. fun as I've had watching a Mizzou football game in some time. Hey, boys. It's the morning after. Tigers damn near fucking pulled one off. My God, that K-State game. We still got our asses beat. Boy, you you keep that game even close, and you got fans believing that you're ready to break through. Yeah. But, I mean, still, guys, that was the number one team in the nation. We should have been up on them by three touchdowns going into the half. That's true, too. I mean, we weren't. We've got a ways to go. We can get better, but... That game to me didn't look like a fluke team going out there and putting up points on Georgia. I mean, we absolutely dominated them for three quarters. So makes you feel like either Georgia's not as good as everybody thought they were, or 
maybe Mizzou is getting quite a bit better, and we just got to figure out ways to win. But uh, go Tigers for keeping it close. I'm ready for more atmospheres like that. Agreed. And it's a good point that it had not been for the Kansas State blowout. It does change the way we look at, I think, the Georgia and the Auburn game because now we're looking at it as three losses all in different ways, all devastating in their own way. And then the Georgia sort of like as a question mark. But I think if we had been anywhere competitive against Kansas State, even with the loss to Auburn and now this close one to Georgia, you think like – uh, maybe we're turning it around. We're, we're not quite there, but we seem to be getting there, you know? Like I said, it gives you optimism. You certainly don't want to spoil it, though. I mean, we go and lay an egg next week. Everybody forgets this. But you, yeah. you've got some momentum here. You're building to something. I think people have, have, again, can see that there may be some light in the tunnel. Something good is on the horizon. Don't take that away from them. Don't lay an egg next week. Hey, fellas. Morning after our uh, tough loss to Georgia. All I got to say is, this is the proudest I've been of this of a Mizzou football team as far as effort is concerned on uh, a long while. Um, however, that just further exemplifies the disparity in effort that we give week in and week out. If we give this kind of effort against K-State, Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, those types of teams, you know, this team could definitely win nine games, but... You know, it's just inconsistency and effort that just kind of sums up what it's like to be a Mizzou fan these past couple years. So good things to take away, bad things to take away. But, yeah, we'll see what we can do against Florida next week. M-I-Z. Yeah, I think that sums up a lot of our feelings. It was mixed emotions. It was a night of mixed emotions. but um, It was an emotional roller coaster, Brennan. It was. Ups and corresponding downs. <laughs> Agreed. And this is the only game, the only game we've had, and maybe will have throughout the rest of the season, that was a nationally relevant game and will be talked about on Feinbaum today and was talked about by big national analysts over the weekend. Uh, Missouri got an amount of national respect that they did not have. And it was I think that's as important as anything for Missouri because more and more people looked at this like Vanderbilt. We felt like Vanderbilt. And now we feel like a team that once in a while can punch you in the fucking mouth. I mean, if you're Florida right now, I would think I, mean, I don't want to play. Mizzou. I would don't really don't want to play Mizzou right now. Of course, maybe sure. it'll be a big letdown after the, the the exertion that went into that Georgia game. But I don't know. I mean, Florida's a, a team worth getting up for. So, like I said, don't spoil the goodwill. Don't spoil the enthusiasm. You've set a stone in what could be a foundation if you don't blow it. It's gonna be hard not. It's gonna be hard not to blow up without a quarterback, though. My goodness. Yeah, we still don't have one. We. Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And Colin, would you mind firing up the Paul Feinbot? Will do. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. All right. Well, Colin, we'll start the action with South Carolina, who played a Thursday night game against South Carolina State. Nobody cared about that one. It was a home game. Obviously, uh, South Carolina ran away with it 50 to 10. Uh, that was a cupcake nothing burger. You're right about that. 
and uh, takes us on to Paul's beloved Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama. This was a big game, uh, two ranked opponents, Alabama versus Arkansas. Obviously, Alabama was favored to win this game, but it was one of those kinds of games that Arkansas has been on the rise. People are talking a lot about Arkansas. They've had a few ups and downs this season, but playing Alabama and Nick Saban's team will tell you what kind of team we're looking at. And Al- what Ar- kind of team are we looking at, Brennan? I didn't – did Arkansas win? <laughs> you know what? I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. But no. Alabama won this one 49 to 26. <laughs> but for a while, Arkansas was giving Alabama all they wanted. At one point, it was, I think, 28 to 23. And then Nick Saban conjured his dark demons from the black abyss of his soul. Black abyss of his soul and conjured up 21 Alabama fourth quarter points and put this way out of proportion. So I don't know. I think Arkansas fans kind of like, well, first of all, they don't like Barry Odom and his defense that mm-hmm. allowed 49 sure. points and 21 fourth quarter points. But they also ran with Alabama deep into the third quarter, you know, and so I think they like a little bit. They, I don't know. I, I don't know how Arkansas feels about this one. I just went to Twitter and typed in fire Barry Odom into the search. and You should be fired. Britain, for some reason, one day ago, a lot of people were tweeting that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are the same people that were telling us that they were going to clobber us because <laughs> they had this guy named Mary Odom at defense. Yep. Uh, another SEC matchup between two ranked opponents was Kentucky coming into Ole Miss. Um, I think this this was an interesting one because it did tell a lot about which one of these programs or whether both of these programs were legit. And it was a close matchup. Ole Miss won at 22 to 19 at home. Kentucky is tough. I will say that. And Ole Miss is good. I think. Both of these teams, you know, Ole Miss got the win, so so good for them. But it also Kentucky hung with them, and uh, it doesn't make me want to play Kentucky anymore. I'll tell you that. No, I think the best thing that can happen to Missouri is somebody needs to take Stoops from Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> please, please, I'll drink to that. <laughs> and then an outcome of a game that I was very happy about, Colin. Mississippi State was hosting number seventeen Texas A and M, and I don't know if you've been following the exploits of Texas A&M this year. but They've been uh, really good, right? Because they've got that coach. What was his name? Ooh, Jimbo Fisher. stupid. What yeah. is a stupid name? Jimbo. Jimbo. That's a, yeah. that's a, if you think of something stupid, yeah. you think, oh, it's probably named Jimbo. Sure. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher, and um, they're not they, – do they – am I wrong about – they have don't, they have very little money. Is that no, a- actually, I think he's – I read also – it's got a $92 million buyout right now. So if they want to get mm. rid of a guy named. But they probably can't afford that because I've heard Texas A&M, no, Texas in general, oh, that because those universities just don't have much money. Did you know that I, that they sit on an oil field that is just basically uh, they, well, printing I, money? Listen, I, I've been uninformed before. Uh-huh. I'm ill-informed before, you know. Speaking of ill-informed, they signed a contract with Jimbo Fisher, which allows a $92 million buyout. Now, his – Anything. Record, though, is way better than Kevin Sumlin, the last coach. Well, Kevin Sumlin was an embarrassment to the program. Well, yeah. I mean, so he's got to be doing better than him, right? Well. Glavin. Glavin. Some things about that. Um, no. Um, not good. <laughs> Actually, Mississippi State, not a good team. And I, I, I think – I was saying, and I think Colin, I got to, I clipped it out because I was like, that sounds stupid. Because I was like, I don't know, Mississippi State, they're not ranked, but you know, they play pretty good. And and you're like, I don't know, Mississippi State's fucking garbage. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not. I cut it out. <laughs> you know, I'm not paying. Well, Mississippi State beat Texas A&M mm. forty-two to 
24. They're not good, and no. they, they're not poor. So I was wrong about both of those things. No, they have a lot of money. In and fact, they're bad at football. They, they gave like $100 million to a guy named Jimbo. Yeah, that's not working out for him. This is, keep in mind, this is an academic house of education. And they're Ooh. like, let's pay Jimbo a lot of money. Yeah. It's, Jimbo sucks. Well, Texas A&M sucks. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds that way. Mm-hmm. Well, now I know. A&M ranks 17 now. That's bound to fall um, three and two on the year. Hmm. Mississippi State's now four and one, one and one in conference. And uh, maybe they should have hired Mississippi State's coach. Yeah, Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy, it never has a guy fit into an environment better, I think, than maybe like Mike Leach fits in Mississippi State. Is Mississippi State like a college made of – mythical Sasquatch creatures or something? Why does he fit so well, do you think? I don't know. I just feel like Mike Leach is not the guy that anybody thinks is going to win you a national championship. No, I don't think that's true. But I also think people don't like to play against Mike Leach no. programs. No. He's and, going to air raid you. And I think that kind of fits the bill for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 with Mike Leach, they could – Yeah, you're going to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Your coach is also good, probably going to believe in underground lizard people. Sure. But you're going to win some football games. Yeah. And so I think they're happy to – a team like Mississippi State is happy to accept his eccentricities for the wins over Texas A&M like this. Sure. Absolutely. The last game of consequence, I would say, is Auburn took on LSU at home. LSU was favored by eight in this one. I know specifically because I bet on LSU after mm-hmm. the uh, terrible performance Auburn had against Missouri. I sure. thought LSU was going to clobber Auburn. They didn't. They did win 21 to 17. I lost my bet. Mm-hmm. Um, That's but, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, serves you right for gambling. You know it's a sin, right? Mm, yeah. Well, add it to the pile. But uh, Auburn hanging with LSU makes me scratch my head against LSU about LSU. It also was like, does it change the way you feel about the Auburn game? Auburn looked terrible against us. Yeah. Is that just I, because we have a There was literally a defense? point in that game where they like had 17 consecutive punts between two teams or yeah. something. Oh, that's an exaggeration, but it was bad. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not ready to buy in on Auburn because I don't think LSU is honestly that good. I don't either. That's what but I, but this Georgia game was the closest I felt to that LSU game. That's the last time we played a game where I was like, yeah, yeah this feels what college football is supposed to feel like. My question is, is our, is our defense elite enough that that's why Auburn struggled so mightily against I us? hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I think Blake Baker is a, he's a revelation. I, I hope they pay him at this point. Now, you know, like I said, that we'll get housed in the next four games and then we'll give up a thousand yards per game and I'll feel like a fool. But right now, if I'm Blake Baker, I'm like, Hey, let's talk about a contract. Mm-hmm. Like you're only five games into your initial. Hey. Yeah. Contracty time. <laughs> Blakey like money. <laughs> yeah. Um, Blakey want buy num nums for his tum tums. <laughs> Give Blakey monies. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what he'll say. Yeah, he's uh, obviously uh, a keen negotiator. <laughs> yeah. Um, the final game was Florida taking on Eastern Washington in their cupcake matchup against a letter school. Fifty-two to seventeen was the winning score for the Gators. They're coming to play Mizzou next week, however, and so yeah. that takes us to. Next Saturday, October 8th, when we're going to see a lot fewer cupcake games and a lot more of these interesting conference matchups. The first one is number eight, Tennessee, taking on now ranked number 25, LSU. I think Tennessee might have had the uh, week off this week, but they're only a two and a half point favorite going into Death Valley. I don't think the balls will have any trouble now as a top 10 team against LSU, even though they are going into Baton Rouge. I just, I'm not a 
believer right now in LSU, just based on what I've seen. Arkansas is going up against that now-ranked number 23 Mississippi State team. They will be in Starkville. Uh, Mississippi State is favored by six and a half over Arkansas. It's a bad matchup for Arkansas. Arkansas wants to get into a rock fight with you. Yeah. And uh, that's not what Mississippi State does. They they air it out. So Yeah, I mean, this is a team – now, granted, they gave up 49 against Alabama, but they mm-hmm. were in it against Alabama into the third quarter. That's what I mean. They, they want to they, they throw haymakers. They want to punch. They want to grind. Uh, they want to be physical. I mean, I don't want to call Mississippi State a finesse team, but that air raid offense is it. It lives on spreading the ball around, flooding zones with receivers. You know, um, getting the ball out quick. It's not what Arkansas does, and it's certainly not what Barry Odom does on defense. You know, we've all seen what his defense does. Then we got. A matchup of two teams that have W's on Missouri this year. Auburn is going into Athens to face now number two in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, they will be punished for what Mizzou did this week. Georgia's favored by 29 and a half in yeah. this game. And if you don't think that Vegas thinks Georgia's way better than Auburn, the over-under is only set at 49. You do the math on that. They don't think Auburn's going to score a lot That's, of points. It's going to be a, it's going to be a violently sexual act that uh, Georgia is going to do to Auburn is my prediction. That's going to be. It's going to be against the law. Yeah, it will, it'll be ugly. But I, and I fully expect everybody in the country would have said that again about Missouri going yeah. up against Georgia this week. Yep. So, but I, I think Georgia got their scare. Yeah. And now it's going to be, they're going to need to bring a, bring a hanky because they're going to need it to wipe up uh, their blood and tears when uh, Georgia rolls off of them sweaty, yep. covered in their own filth. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from that. To Ole Miss, and uh, Ole Miss had a great win against Kentucky last week at home. Two mm-hmm. ranked opponents, uh, people like Kentucky. So they went right out and won again, huh? Well, they're going up against Vanderbilt mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt in Nashville. So Ole Miss is a top ten team now. They're ranked number nine in the country. They're favored by eighteen and a half, and I think Ole Miss will have no problem with Vanderbilt. But the thing about Ole Miss is, I don't know what the I, I assume they're in the eight, they're in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a stacked. Yeah, conference schedule, but to this point, it is back loaded because they have an easy road mm-hmm. up until now. South Carolina is going to that Kentucky team that just lost Ole Miss. They'll be in Lexington. Kentucky's the. How t- they feeling about that Beamer fellow? They all they still thinking he's the second coming? Well, South Carolina's got their zero and two in conference right now, sitting at mm. three and two. Well, that I sounds don't tough. Think they really are too happy about the way mm. things have gone. Uh, well, they were just sure that he was the answer. I. I Surely it'll <laughs> work out for them. You think they're going to win on the yeah, road national, in Kentucky? Yeah, national championship this sure, year. Sure, I'm not going to pick that. I no, think I'm that not. Uh, Kentucky will have no problem with the. But that Beamer fella, chickens. Yeah, the he's, Beamer fella. He's he's gonna he's I don't know, Britain. They they I think Kentucky may have their work cut out for him because of what I've read on Twitter. Yeah, that Beamer fella, he's the answer. Plus, they've got that transfer quarterback. That yeah, that Spencer to, Rattler fella. Yeah, he's the best thing ever. Yeah, everybody was super amped about getting him. Mm-hmm. He's from Oklahoma. Britain. He's as talented as an NFL concussion doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then Texas A and M, who just took one on the chin for Mississippi State, will be playing number one ranked. Alabama, who's mm. taken that number one spot from Georgia mm. after a tough game against Missouri. Alabama. Alabama's favored by 24 points over Texas a and I'm sure Jimbo's thrilled about that. Yeah. Jimbo and Nick Saban, for people who haven't been playing close attention, not best friends. Well, I saw on Twitter, college game day is going to Kansas <laughs> oh. instead of Alabama a and <laughs> Yeah. And that tells you everything you need to know about Jimbo and A&M season. Well, 
if you were to ask, is this game going to be televised on game day? Yeah. A few months ago when they were having their little uh, um, spat. Sure. This was, that, that was, everybody was gunning for this game. This weekend was going to be it. And it turns out A&M is still Texas A&M. You're right about that. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. It's, uh, Jim Fisher has lost the battle against Nick Saban don't before come, it don't even Don't call started. him Jim Fisher. If he's going to, if he's, if, Did if, I not if, say if Jimbo? You said Jim Fisher. No. And I don't want to cut the bow off of that because I don't. That's uh, true. Jimbo is a name for stupid if people. You're, if your parents are going to call you Jimbo and you're going to own it your entire life, then you yeah. have to wear it. He is a Jimbo. And <laughs> what I mean, a Jimbo. When you call somebody a Jimbo. <laughs> You know it's a derogatory stu- term. I mean, they're a really stupid person. They're <laughs> yeah. they're a failure at life. Seabass. Um, yeah, I mean, would be another like something like that. It may they may be Billy talented Bob. and successful at uh, noodling catfish. Sure, but anything else, any mm-hmm. other professional exploit, a Jimbo is going to fail at. Yeah, don't mean a lot of. You know when you see that presidential chart when you're in school. Sure. And it shows you all the presidents. You don't see a lot of Jimbos on that list. No, there's there's not yet. But I think we might be heading there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's an unsettling trajectory. <laughs> For the way we're choosing presidents. These days, yep, yeah. It's, it's bound to be a Jimbo soon. <laughs> We didn't talk about the Missouri-Florida uh, <laughs> game, but we'll get into yeah. that. Uh, before we do, though, why don't we roll right into Kansas news. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. All right, Colin, it's one of those weeks... Where the Kansas news story, the first one we're going to cover, pops right to the front, and we get a lot of tweets and emails about it because mm-hmm. everybody knows what we're covering. This story this week we're going to lead off with is obviously something Eric Adams, who's New York City's mayor, made a claim last week that New York City is a city, a national city that has a brand, and everybody sure. knows it when you hear it in a place like Kansas, he pointed out, singled out Kansas, says doesn't have a brand. Were you uh, aware of this? Yeah, and everybody got really mad about it, and I find myself sort of agreeing with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how many movies have you seen where New York is where the movie's set? Yeah. And then how many movies have you seen other than Wizard of Oz? Uh, You just just (laughs) took my rebuttal away. I just took you off the knees, didn't I? Yeah. That have to do with Kansas. And I'm I mean, yeah. I, he's not, he shouldn't say it out loud, Yeah, but I don't necessarily disagree. Well, and you know he's right when you see the comments. And yeah. some of the comments were like, Pizza Hut was founded here. <laughs> That's her feather. Yeah. That, that goes right in our cap. And it's like, okay, so there's a Pizza Hut everywhere. So we'll, we'll get, they got Carnegie Hall. Yeah. You've got Pizza Hut. Yeah. And also nobody knows or cares where Pizza Hut was founded. <laughs> yeah. They've got Ellis Island. You've got the world's first chilies probably. Well, and somebody else said, hey. We have a good Dave and Buster's. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave and Buster's is sweet. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's not a lot of fun to go to Dave and Buster's. <laughs> I would hope not, Brady, because you'd have an argument with the guy sitting across from you. Well, you've never met a guy who likes skee ball as much as me. Sure. Um, anyway, let's just get into this article now because right. this is a Kansas paper who is, uh, who has their reply to okay. New York City Mayor. Oh, Eric I bet Adams. this is good. No, yeah. Here's a three-word response to New York City Mayor Eric Adams' claim last week that Kansas doesn't have a brand. 
sunflower, tornadoes, abolitionism. Wow. Okay. One of them's 200 years ago. Mm. One of them is a flower. Yeah. And the other one is it's a bad. is a weather disaster. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible thing that makes people not want to go. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I keep, yeah. prairie dogs. Don't forget prairie dogs. I mean, f- well, a if you need more brand, and keep yeah. in mind, a brand, yeah, isn't a bunch of little things randomly. It's yeah. a one big thing that everybody yeah. recognizes. Anyway, here are a few more for uh, the sake of completeness. Okay, bison. Is uh, that a Kansas thing? I don't know. Okay, I mean, okay, I mean there, there were obviously the, the Great West and sure, the Plains, sure, but I didn't yeah, know but that Kansas owned bison. No, I don't think it's that's why they call it the Colorado Buffalo because yeah. it's such a Kansas thing. <laughs> sure, uh, chili with cinnamon rolls, which uh, again, okay, yeah, okay. No, that sounds like something that would only happen in Kansas. You're right, and and if we're just created be, by meth heads, as the way it sounds, and if we're going to be listing just odd food pairings yeah. as a thing of about a brand, for yeah, have place, you had St. Louis style pizza? Yeah, I mean with fake cheese. <laughs> I mean, every Gross. every place can list yeah. that off. You know what I yeah. mean? And then Wizard of Oz. So, okay. uh, yeah, well, a movie that is barreling towards a hundred years old. Yeah, yes. this is from the nineteen thirties. All right. <laughs> uh, with that out of the way, it's worth asking why the mayor of our country's premier city felt he need to take a swipe at the Sunflower State because it's the easiest place to take a swipe at. Yeah, uh, he was speaking out. Well, I think he's answered his own question. It's because yeah. he looked at the rest of the nation. And so, like, so, you know, Florida, they have things there. Yeah, I mean, there's a some- boxer, you're like, who do I want to fight? The uh, other state, like California, that has its own. Yeah, they've got Hollywood. Yeah, the brand, you know, the Sunshine State or whatever. And Or do you want to fight, you know, the special needs kid who's blind? Glass and- Joe. <laughs> Glass Joe. Glass Joe from uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. That's that's what Kansas is. Kansas's brand is fucking nothing. You know, you don't want to take off soda Popkinski over there and over there in Florida. No, you know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. I don't even want to take on bald bull over there in Colorado. The, the mountains? Or the no way. Hippo? Is it King Hippo? King Hippo. Fuck, I don't want one ill-placed defensive maneuver with King Hippo. Watch out. You know yeah. what I mean? He's um, like um, Texas. Um, um, um. You know, you can't do that. No. Uh, so when he went against Kansas, obviously Glass Joe, not even a Don Flamenco of states. <laughs> yeah, really. I would say. <laughs> well, we're going to wear out the save by the bell button. Yeah. Okay. He was speaking about international travel and in the known quantity that is the Big Apple. We have a brand and when people see it, it means something, Adam said. The Wichita Eagle reported, Kansas doesn't have a brand. When you go there, okay, you're from Kansas, but New York, it has a brand. Again, I... I don't disagree with him. Why he needed to say it out loud, um, I'll say that fellow, um, I, w- I watched the news enough to know that he was elected yeah. and has not taken his foot out of his mouth since winning the office. Mm. So it's pretty on brand for him. Yeah. The backlash was swift and ferocious, as expected. We Kansans have a bit of a chip on our shoulder about All this 1,800 state. Kansans were up and up in arms. Yeah. Those of us with a television set, <laughs> we uh, – <laughs> We might criticize our political scenes, sigh at the multi-hour drives, or make fun of the Wizard of Oz because it's our one thing. But God help us if someone else criticizes the state. That is a step too far, buddy. Mm-hmm. They do not want to listen to this podcast. Yeah. It goes on and on. Um, but it go, they have a section called Missing the Point. Whatever the candidate and whatever their answer. Adam's statement goes beyond the stupid or uninformed. It misses a point of cities and states and towns and regions. New York City and Kansas aren't brands. They're, that's anti-human marketing speak. New York City and Kansas. Okay, hold on. Anti-human marketing speak is not a thing that has ever existed. No, This but- guy invented this term 
for his stupid article. What does that mean? I think it's some sort of anti-human marketing speak itself. <laughs> That's Brennan, it's a cliche for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So New York City and Kansas are places full of history and different kinds of people. Some of that history deserves celebration. Some of it deserves condemnation. It's the same with the people. But I wouldn't want to live in a country that didn't have a, both a Times Square and a Lawrence. I think the people who I, are- I, I do. I people, do. I'll take Times Square. I, I, Times Square. <laughs> well, I, I think the people that are going to hold abolition up as, they, as, a, as a, a feather in their cap probably don't want to speak to Kansans- of now. today now because right. I'm pretty sure that's a be a close vote right now. Yeah. If we if they want to reenact slavery in Kansas. Yeah, stay away from the <laughs> firework stands, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, a place that I want to have a live in a country that has both the Statue of Liberty and the Flint Hills. I only learned about the Flint Hills when we played Kansas State. Nobody gives a fuck. It's some hills in a place that has otherwise no landscape at all. Yeah, exactly. Flat. Like, hey, look, we've got hills. Yeah. <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> These are our four hills. Yeah, so uh, Kansas trying to defend indefensible. Next story. Foul odor in Topeka caused by businesses failing water treatment system. Okay. <laughs> Sounds familiar, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, actually, have we done this story? Nope. Dozens story. of times. It's always a new one. Okay. New story. New story about sewage water in Kansas. Any resemblance to previous stories is completely <laughs> coincidental. coincidental. Topeka, Kansas, a private business's failing water treatment system has created a foul odor in Topeka, which mm-hmm. could spread to other parts of Kansas. The city of Topeka says staff have fielded various questions from residents that concern an odor in the South Topeka area. The city said it was aware of the smell and wants residents to know that there is no safety concern related to the scent. Kansas Gas Service also confirms the aroma is not connected to natural gas. However, it's just pure human shit, guys. You're not going to die. You just stink. (laughs) Um, However, the city did say the smell was a result of a private business's failing water treatment system. It has worked with the business to better understand a timeline for repair of the system. The city indicated that the staff work on ways to mitigate the issue and chemicals to help neutralize the fragrance. They use the term fragrance mm-hmm. in their waste stream. Once they found out that it wasn't going to kill anybody, they weren't going to get sued. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, might 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 have. Yeah. Uh, like, hey, the people around here are used to the smell of human shit. All the time. What's a little more human shit going to matter? That's right. Smell the inside of their homes before the water treatment plant went out. (laughs) Next story. Fertilized fields causing an odor. Ah, this is a different story, Colin. This this state smells awful, apparently. This is not Topeka now. This is Selena. If you've noticed a strong feedlot-like odor in Selena, Kansas, you're not alone. Multiple people have reached out inquiring about it. Depending on the direction of the wind, the strong odor has been detected in various areas of Selena. Or is it Selina? Who cares? Okay. Uh, officials say the source of the odor in is fields near the town that are currently being fertilized. There are no EPA violations or issues that cause any health concerns. Just a rancid foul of chicken shit. Mm-hmm. You'll have that. Multiple people have been calling 911 dispatch to report the odor, noting that uh, if you think the odor stinks so bad that you're calling 911, and this is Kansas. Like you said, people are accustomed to stink. Yeah. They're okay. cooking meth in their own bathtubs, and that doesn't smell pleasant. Yeah. Officials are aware of the situation and ask citizens not to call 911 or the dispatch non-emergency number because they don't want to hear about it, and they're not going to do anything for it. Why should they? Yeah, they said, don't call us. We don't care. And that takes us to our final Kansas news story of the day. 
Kansas was sitting at 4-0 and on the year, Colin, and they took on Iowa State in another Big 12 matchup. Uh, it was a home game, and it didn't, they didn't look great, but they actually pulled off another win to go 14-11 to over Iowa State to go 5-0 and on the year. Five I guess if we, did, if we did this show long enough, we were going to eventually run into this of situation where Kansas might actually win football games, I suppose. Yeah, Iowa State's not good, and they only won 14 to 11, an odd score, to say the least. But having gotten whipped by Kansas State, I feel like we're not allowed to say Big 12's not exactly a gauntlet, but I think this game was not that impressive for the Jayhawks, but they are 5 and 0. When is it Mizzou's turn to have this sort of run? That's what I want to know. Well, we don't get to play Iowa State a lot. That's true. That is true. Mm -hmm. Georgia, probably a slightly better team. All right, Colin, uh, Missouri is going to take on Florida this week in Gainesville. <sighs> Florida's not a great team. Before the season started, I would have said, this is one where we could steal a game. This is where we could have an impressive you conference probably win did on say the road. At some point. Yeah. And it's a road opportunity. Missouri has not done well under Drink- Eli Drinkwitz on the road. Uh, if we'd have beaten Auburn, that would have been a signature win on the road for him. Didn't get that done. Uh, here's another opportunity coming off that loss to Georgia. I don't have any fucking clue what to expect. I, mean, I don't either. I wouldn't want to bet this game. You know. um, but like I said, I'm hoping the defense travels. Defense typically does. The defensive line look especially um, pesky. So like I said, high hopes, high hopes. Uh, you know, defense plays stifling, forces turnovers like they did this week. And uh, Brady Cook in the running game can do just enough. Um, that's it's Honestly, as long as we don't have a quarterback, I'm, you're not going to get me picking – Mizzou, except maybe against Vanderbilt. And even then, it'll depend on what's going on at that time. But you just it's hard to win in any youth football, junior high football, JV football, varsity high school football, college football, or NFL football if you don't have a quarterback. And we don't have a quarterback. Well, let's uh, let's close out the show by giving Awarding out some awards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Some people are born with hair, Brennan. It's spun gold. Yeah. They just are immaculate. It's like staring directly into the face of God, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that was a man named Kirk Farmer who used yeah. to be a quarterback for Mizzou. And uh, his hair is a representation of great football play. Excellence. Excellence, that's the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, who do you – I mean, honestly, the thicker kicker personifies that excellent. Love it. Yeah. Another player who personifies that excellence. The defense – didn't have any real singular standout, but the defense and the whole personified Kirk Farmer's hair. It, it, yeah, there in a game like this, it's a conversation, and I think the Mevis circumstance is made even more interesting by the fact that he was the, the goat, or no, yeah, the goat. That's of changed old. meaning. Yeah, yeah, the goat, the goat of old. The goat meant, <laughs> meaning the guy that fucked it up. Yeah, now goat means greatest of all time. So yeah. it's confusing to people yeah. of different eras. But yeah, he fucked us in the Auburn game and was down. Redemption had a name this week, and it was Harrison. Yeah, and it's also Mebus. Sure. So there you go. I'm going to name it. I mean, five for five, two kicks beyond fifty yard line. Yep. He's fat as all fuck. He is getting to the point where it's hard to be like, His okay, body starting to look weird. Kind of little. You were a little thick at first, and it was funny, but now this is just. You're in your early 20s. I mean, you are obviously like just – And they got to cut him out of that jersey. I mean, yeah, just eating 
cake frosting and, and ice cream. And I mean, what is this guy eating? I don't know. At some point, don't you think it affects the arc of the kick? You know, I don't know. You, you think flexibility or, or balance would certainly be affected. But he really came out. And this is the reason we were in this game because we couldn't get in the end zone. Harrison Mavis, after a week where we called you a fat failure, I think is what your <laughs> words were called. <laughs> well, Brim, what he was last week is not what he is this week. Yeah. This week, he's the Kirk Frommer's hair player of the game. How fortunes can change. Amazing. Week to week in college football. It's time to look the other direction, though. It's now time for the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. All right. Who personifies douchitude? Man, I, uh, it's uh, looking at beyond college football. There are a couple things that happened that I think were really douchey in the sports world, but they're way outside of college football. The first one, I guess, is a little bit closer. And I think it's the whole Tunga Tua Valua situation. By Loa? Oh, yeah. Whatever. Incorrect. The Fuck. He's been beat around. Mm-hmm. It looks like clearly has two concussions. And the only people who <laughs> don't think that were the guys hired by the NFL. The yeah, doctors. They fired the doctor. They yeah. fired him. Because he'd made mistakes, Brennan. <laughs> he picked up on a few mistakes after investigative research. I was telling the, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, it reminds me of Deflate Gate for Brady. Cause it's like, at some point you're caught. Yeah. And you need to stop telling lies. Yeah. Because you're caught. Right. And the tongue of Iola thing is like, Hey guys, quit saying it's a back injury. Quit saying this. Quit saying that you're caught. Yeah. You just need to own it right now. Like you need to, your whoever you're, public relations person is needs to grab somebody by the skull and be like listen stop lying yeah people are stupid but they're not this stupid (laughs) you're an nfl franchise you're covered by the press on a daily basis like you can't get away with this stuff yeah it's kind of like when when politicians like run for office and stuff it's like you better make sure the skeletons your closet aren't too skeleton-y yeah if that's a word it's not sure because hey if if robotician (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ro- roboticist yeah what's the word and all i'm saying is it's like you can't once the microscope moves to you you know nfl the guy's literally falling down on the field coming it's a back injury yeah yeah he's disoriented from his back <laughs> anyway so so this is one candidate i want to throw out there which is the nfl or the nfl doctors or whatever somehow related to this clear concussion that they've been lying about billy ray stays in the game god damn it <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, or the other thing, Colin, and this is far afield, and I kind of wish Bear Caleb, Caleb the Greek, was here mm-hmm. because my social media was flooded this week. <laughs> With the walleye tournament? With a walleye tournament that I ordinarily would not know about or give a fuck about. Yeah, I but, did not know it existed until it was. But it was fascinating to watch a bunch of guys dressed in jerseys, no less, with sponsors <laughs> uh, who go fishing professionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess a couple of these fellas uh, by the name of, I'm having to look it up because I'm not going to pretend like I know who professional fishermen are, Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. There's some suspicion about what they've caught, and this guy ripped open a couple I of these fish. I watched the whole video. We all have because it is fascinating to see giant lead balls. Well, they like they, and, they were and fish. Everybody's like sixteen pounds, sixteen and change, sixteen and change, thirty three pounds. Like <laughs> you guys aren't even like this is ridiculous. Yeah, you're flying too close to the sun. <laughs> no bud. doubt. Yeah, I mean they really wanted to win. Yeah, I guess, but there does got well. To that's be a point. Like, one of the guys screaming is like, "How often have you done this?" Because they've won several tournaments, and you know there's those fish that won were stuffed full of lead weights. I was capped activated by both the, the amount of shit that they can stuff into a fish. Sure. And also the amount of these sort of husky white middle-aged guys 
I mean, livid, livid. They they haven't been whatever this they mad. care about. They, they haven't been this mad it. since January sixth. <laughs> That's right. Those guys. <laughs> the last time they screamed and frothed and threw a fit. This then they were mad about this fish, and uh, and I'm like, I guess you know if, it, if this fish your thing and these yeah. guys are so clearly cheating i get sure. being mad but seeing them froth up about yeah, those about these walleye yeah it was interesting it was fun for me to watch yeah, yeah. um so are they the douche of the week i or? don't know i'm throwing I, it out there because i mean they're the i think we have to, to give it to the the dolphins because it at least is tangentially Someone. related to football sure. and so we'll just say the dolphins uh medical staff and coaching staff you are douche of the week yeah I kind of want to give it to a bunch of fucking weirdo fishermen who <laughs> stuff lead weights down a fish. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't have much to do with football. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, maybe it's just because of the money, but like you, you win, but you cheated to win. So what's the. It was uh, a lot of money. I mean, it, the, is the that's money. What, it has to be the money because yeah. you can't really pat yourself on the back for winning when you're stuffing weights. But I think anyway. when they're cashing $28,000 checks for winning a fishing tournament. Sure. That's even bigger than pride for them. Yeah, you might be right. So, all right, Colin. Um, it's had a silly, silly show today. It's weird. It's been a little silly. It's been a weird week. Yeah. Silly week. So, uh, we're pl- heading to, heading to Gainesville. <laughs> We've been a couple silly gooses. <laughs> we sure, <laughs> sure have. Uh, Missouri has not been afraid of Florida traditionally, and no. Florida's not great now. Missouri's coming off of a inspiring loss. Come I on, guess, keep the say. momentum, guys. Keep the momentum. That's right. That's all we can ask for. So we're happier than we were, even though we came off a loss. Still not happy, but it looks like a team that has a pulse. So let's go, Mizzou. Fuck the Gators. Go Tigers. M-I-Z. you. The Kansas State game was like trying to swallow a, a leper's load.